Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good Monday. A warm welcome to from all of us here at Ausbiz. This is The Call. 10 stocks picked by you, two expert guests over the course of an hour. And here with me today, it's Monday, Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor and Nathan Samasandaram from Deep Data Analytics. Gentlemen, hello and welcome again. So I always laugh when we're called gentlemen because it, it <laughs> seems so wrong, but it's nice of you. Thanks for I'm being nice to see I'm very happy if you guys want to duke it out on TV, <laughs> as always. We were chatting in the break that yeah. we've known each other for you know more than a decade, and mm. still these guys can surprise <laughs> me sometime. All right, with that in mind, let me just run you through some of the companies that we'll be talking about today. Energy One, ARB, Aussie Broadband. Oh, we've got some stuff to sink our teeth into. BHP mm. and Atura. Mm. Um, but I just wanted to start. Look, I actually think that the sec, the, the, I was going to say the stock of the day, but the sector of the day is really going to set the scene for the conversation because I chose tech as a sector rather than a specific stock, given that the NASDAQ notched up its eighth straight week of gains. Just as a sample, I mean, Friday's performance wasn't stellar, but Oracle hit a record high after a quarterly beat. Apple notches a, notched a record closing high. Microsoft achieved record valuation of nearly 2.6 trillion and Nvidia really is a poster child for the AI-led enthusiasm. But here, tech stocks have also got a bit of a boost. That includes today. So look at WiseTech zero, zero up above $100 yet again, knocking on the door of 120. Next DC, Altium, Autonate. A bit of news out there today as well. Hanson Technologies and Brevera Solutions both getting new CEOs. So I just thought it was a bit of a scene setter for the week. Um, the question being, what tech stocks, if any, would Gaurav and Nathan buy right now? You're welcome. I'll ask you first, Gaurav. <laughs> Thank you, Nati. Um, you know, the expectation is that we've had this really big tech route mm -hmm. and there must be sources of value. There must be great stuff yep. to buy. And in fact, um, We've got an amazing tech sector on the ASX. The top four or five companies are genuinely first rate. Um, stuff like uh, Wise Tech, Technology One, Zero, Altium, and I'd throw in there, um, Math, what's that called? The Ordinate. Ordinate. Ordinate, yeah. of course, but also um, the, uh, the med, med Tech one. I've gone blank. Prometheus. Prometheus as well. Yeah. I mean, these are all sensational companies, and they are all at record highs. This um, the, the pricking of the tech bubble in Australia has been the expulsion of loss-making, mm -hmm. poor-quality businesses and the blowing up of valuations for really high-quality businesses. So the opportunity to top up your portfolio has been brief and it's been limited. 
We've managed to pick up um, Objective Corp during this mm -hmm. little route. We, we started a little position Objective Corp. I think that's an outstanding position. I would buy that over Technology One. I know Technology mm -hmm. One is a wonderful business and it's on our watch list as well. But I would just suggest that the, there's a, a lot of aggressive accounting that runs through Technology One and it's much cleaner and uh, from my point of view, uh, much more favorable um, through Objective Corp. And so I like that business quite a lot. We know we're long-term fans of um, Altium and Ordinate. We hold both in the portfolios. Ordinate is a top five position for me personally. I've held it for years. But I think my favorite tech stock at the moment, the one that I um, have been buying recently, has been RPM Global, which is a small business. Hmm. Okay. I saw Maith pushed it into the portfolios, and I was really yes, pleased to see it. there you go. I think that is a, that's one that's genuinely experienced um, a, a downturn, and it may experience um, a bit of a downturn in the numbers as well, but this is a really strong business being built with a strong team. And I think um, if you're a long-term investor, you'll do really well out of today's prices. So RUL is the <clears throat> ticker code today trading at $1.48, so you would buy today. Yes, yes. Good, I like that. I thought we might go more typical, but I should have known after you should have this known. time. <laughs> yeah. Nathan, are you hmm. buying tech stocks, would you, or, uh, you know, have all the easy gains been made? Uh, look, I think it's, uh, I guess the coin with two, two sides. You've got some techs that everyone knows, so the, the big ones. I mean, we've always said Altium, Ordinate, top two, Ystake, Zero have done quite well. Actually, I'm quite impressed with how Zero's done. Um, again, it's proving me that it's doing better than what I think it should do. Mm -hmm. But again, hey, um, it's doing well. And I think that the big techs are doing well and everyone knows it. Um, am I chasing them? Probably not. Uh, for me, it's all about relative valuation, risk return. So um, there are beaten up techs. So it's actually a seasonal time to look up beat up sectors because you've got the tax loss selling. So usually that happens in the middle of the, uh, around middle of June. And we probably didn't have it much last week because the market was going up. So when you're trying to sell, you're going, oh, I'll wait a week. So most of them would have held back. And I suspect you're gonna get that in the next couple of weeks. So the beaten up stocks, give you an opportunity in the next couple of weeks to get not something. very good though, mate, the beaten up stuff. We've got some on the list today yeah. and they're just not very good. No, no I mean, there, there's a reason why they got beaten yeah, up, right? Yeah. And so you have to be careful on how you pick them. Mm. And funny you went to objective. Um, I've been looking at that one and, yeah, right. and I mentioned uh, RUL because I knew you'd yeah, yeah, come to I... <laughs> RB Global. So <laughs> right. both of them actually do mm. stand up quite well. Mm. And the, the beauty of it is, there is negative news. We know the numbers are not that great, mm. but we can see how that can recover, and that's what you want to buy. So even in you know another space I'm looking at is someone like retail. It yep. looks ugly. Looks ugly. Uh, you know I've been talking it down for years, and it's there for a reason. Yep. But there are some stocks Completely in there agree. that are quite interesting. Yep. So I am looking at the sector. Tech sector is of interest for me, um, but I'm not chasing the the fan favorites because mm -hmm. they're all quite well priced. And I think they'll trade with NASDAQ and that's another game being played on a global level. Um, so I think they, they'll come off, but look, they're good. So you, you don't have to worry about them. But there are some turnaround stories like RPM Global, like Objective. I think they're worthwhile on the risk return to support in this market. And I think if things do, you know, if, you, if you're positive on the market and you think things are gonna keep running, your upside is much more on something like RPM Global and Objective than with the fan favorites because everyone's there. Can and I so throw two hand grenades into this? Oh yeah. The first is that I think um, the market has generally, and, and I've been guilty of this as well, has 
underappreciated what's being built at WiseTech. I, I think there's actually a potential <sighs> monopoly, uh, maybe a winner-takes-all business, and I'm it, really happy with that trajectory of that business. It is, but that, that last transaction yeah. makes it that, right? If that didn't happen, your questions would still remain. I still think at these prices, I know it's gone up a lot and it has been very well bought, but I still think I can make the valuation make sense at these prices. The second hand grenade is that zero is looking increasingly problematic for me. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, I think I this, is, this is looking like a slow growth business at it a is. huge it valuation. Be. It has it's not worked but in the US. But the thing US. is, it's, it's kind of like... I'm less uh, happy to hold that. It's one of those things where yeah. I know it should be slower, but it's doing better and it mm. always seems to do better and it runs faster. So. I always get caught behind it, but I don't, never want to chase it. So that's, I've missed a number of times, but it is a really good model. But what it has uh, as a process here doesn't necessarily translate to outside Australia, how they can try to, you know, bring clients on board. It takes a lot longer, but geez, they keep rooming wrong, but still, mm-hmm. I just can't get myself around it. All right. Super interesting. So I think we can agree on Objective Corp, mm-hmm. although you would prefer to be buying RPM Global right now, you as well. Yeah, I think you, you buy a bit of both of them. And, yeah. you know, the next set of numbers are probably not going to be great. Yeah. So if you spread your buying, um, I think you get into a right, nice position. Mm-hmm. And then I will say a bit of a bonus coming from Gaurav, at least when it comes to WiseTech Global. Will it emerge as the behemoth in the uh, global logistics space? I suppose. Well, we will see. Thanks, guys. That was a good chat. Um, Just so topical right now. It's hard to ignore. Mm. Let's now get on to some of the companies that have been nominated by you. And the first one has been picked by Lyndon. Hello. EOL is a ticker code. He says, I've purchased a personal or Gaurav purchased a personal stake on this show back in April. Price is still going down. His sparring partner, Nathan, was unsure and made the good comment, this is according to Lyndon, that more and more people are going off the grid. Gaurav, do you still have conviction, Lyndon wants to know? Look, it's a fair, it's a fair question. The first point to make is that your conviction isn't built on the share price. It should not be built on the share price. Um, and you know, I know people have different styles and there's different ways of making a success, but I'm a firm believer that you don't be a good investor. And it's very hard to point. I mean, if anyone can point me to, I can point you to a dozen billionaires who've, who've really made a go of fundamental investing. And I haven't met anyone who can point me to a dozen chartists who look at the prices and, and trade them. You know, I, I just don't think that works. Um, so your conviction cannot Ooh, be built on I feel on emails coming on. No, no, it's coming. It's coming. Bring them on. Bring them yeah. on. Yeah. I keep on saying this, but if it's like if you're talking to an astronomer and he treats astrology with the same dignity and respect that astronomy gets, he's, he's doing it wrong, right? You're doing it wrong. So I can't sit here and treat momentum trading, which is what charting is, uh, with the same respect and admiration that you treat any sort of weird fundamental investing. You're buying a part of a business. You know, there's lots of different ways to do that um, and they can work well for different people. But, but there is a core belief system there and it's not following the price up and down. Um, and that means that when the price falls, your, your conviction isn't built on the price. Your conviction is built on a very specific investment case. And if you're getting emotional about the price rising or the price falling, I think you're going to find life as an investor really hard. Um, I haven't sweated a bit. I, don't even, I couldn't even tell you how much the price has fallen. And the same, if the price had gone up, couldn't tell you that either, because we are quite early in the innings for Energy One, and um, the share price movements at the moment don't really tell you very much about the success of that business. It's, it's, it's going to be measured over years and years. 
I, I can say that looking at that balance sheet, it's, it's possible they'll need to raise capital. They've got some payments to meet. They've made a big investment. They've made some acquisitions and the cash looks a bit tight to me. So I think the market may be, may be looking at that and thinking the same thing that I'm thinking was, is that there's possibly an equity raise coming in. And I'd participate in that, and I think that'd be a good opportunity to buy some more stock. This is, that's not to say that you'd buy at any price or that this thing is, is infallible. Mm-hmm. Energy One might not work out, but you have to be okay with that possibility, because if it does work out, I think you're gonna make pretty good returns from here. Um, the, the bull case is really built upon them rolling out their platform overseas. They have a 50% market share in energy trading software in Australia. That market is actually growing and they're participating in that growth. They're selling services along with software and they're replicating that overseas. It's a a wonderful runway, proven management, proven product. And I think you're a good shot at doing very well out of this. It is a small position size. This is not a a 10% position size. And I think you control risk that way, but Mm -hmm. this seems like a a sensible place to to be. I'd still a buy for me. It's still a buy. Yep. And I just work and and I just highlight that when you're buying these small stocks, you, you must approach this with a degree of um, emotional fortitude. You know, you can't be ecstatic when the price rises. You can't be um, mm. fearful when the price falls. You've really got to uh, control these up and down emotions. Otherwise, you're going you're gonna to be scared off or you're going to go too hard. Um, you're going to make errors elsewhere. Right. So it is down 33%, just in case you're wondering here today. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> $2, but he'd be buying at $2.98, yes. which is where it's trading today. Nathan, have you changed your tune on Energy One? Oh, look, um, I think when we spoke about it before, I said the story a long time ago. Mm. I was on a flight to mm. Melbourne for marketing, mm. and this guy was sitting next to me. We were having a chat about the markets and blah, blah, blah. Then I found out he was the CEO at the time yeah. of Energy One. So. Um, it's an interesting concept. They've done well, it's come off. It's a common trend that's going through a lot of tech stocks. Um, and look, I think Grab's right in the context that this is a dynamics of a sector that's going through change. And there's gonna be a lot of changes that'll go through. They're in the right place. If the dynamics fall in the right way, this could be a massive winner. Now, is there a risk to it? Yeah, I mean, it's less than 100 mil market cap. Yeah, it's small. You, you're not, this is no BHP, let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah. So you are buying uh, high risk, uh, but look, in context, I'm, I'm waiting for things to turn around. There is that clarity risk, right? Mm-hmm. So that the market is telling you that. Mm-hmm. Um, and for all the technical, I'm not a technical guy, but I do look at momentum because on a quant approach, momentum is one of the most proven factors. Um, you know how everyone talks about 200 day moving average? Um, but people don't know why that works. Mm -hmm. It's a simple fact that the most uh, successful factor in quant is the 12 month price performance, which is by default is the 200 day moving average just ahead. So it is, there's a link to it. So I I appreciate that where momentum works really well as a factor is when you have a trending market in a growth phase, because then you have the sectors that are doing well because of the uh, trending growth and you can back the momentum. And when and the risk is, how do you work it out? That's why you don't purely rely on any start. So that's why I always go to relative valuation. Once I get to that relative valuation, I'm happy to let go, even if I get up too early. But getting back to this, I think the, the risk right now in this kind of market, you've got to be really careful. The biggest uh, performing factor in the US market is profitability and size. These are two things this one does not have. So the risk, you can see it in those big, top performing exactly. stocks, big profitable businesses, the yeah, multiples just, are expanding. They're just yeah. buying them, right? Yeah. So in that context, right now, you've got to be really careful. Yeah. If And if 
in a small cap like this, if there's a capital raising, the guys who are holding the shares will dump it because they'll get the cap raising at a cheaper price. So you'll get that leg down. So I don't feel the need to rush in, but this is one, again, I like the model. I like the chart for the pure reason that it's just going down because there's a valuation support at some point. So I'm waiting for that event that gets it to bottom out. You know, you're, I always tell you, you don't buy a downgrade cycle. Yep. Yeah, you don't buy a downgrade cycle. I'm waiting for the first upgrade. When the first upgrade comes, I don't care if it's up 20%. I'm buying. Yeah, you're right. Okay, good. Great. That's uh, first on the list energy one. Thanks, guys. Let's get to ARB. Uh, we know what it does parts for trucks and SUVs. It's ubiquitous here in Australia. And, you know, guys, the. Uh, we're still selling cars. I think new vehicle sales were up in May, even despite the economic slowdown. Yeah, it is yeah. extraordinary. This is for Patrick. Nathan, I'll start with you on this. Look, I'm actually beginning to, I mean, these have all come back because yeah. everyone thinks mm -hmm. electric cars, they won't be. I actually think, you know, you buy a new car right now, it has got so many goddamn automated crap in it mm -hmm. that things will go wrong, just like before. And I have no idea how to fix any of them. If somebody tells me, oh, this, this is off, this is off, and they give me all these pictures, oh, yeah. like I've got no idea. They can charge me $1,000 and I have no idea. So I think the model still works. Uh, and I think it's a relatively good valuation. And the cycle we're going into the economy, people are not going to suddenly be able to afford brand new cars. They're going to fix things. They're going to uh, you know, add features to it and hold on to their cars for longer. So I think the cycle goes, I think you're buying a pretty decent price. This sector is pricing in the recession, more or less. So your downside risk is limited. I think it's a good defensive business play. So I actually don't mind, but I think the upside is limited in the short term because we're the economic cyclist. So I'm not rushing out to buy, but you look, it's not a bad business. Um, you know, if you're if you're there, it's a hold. Not a bad business. This is a sensational business. But yeah. it's you're, the growth outlook, right? You're, you're, you're <laughs> I, I disagree. Here. I actually think there's a lot of growth to come for ARB. Um, they've made a, an OEM deal with Ford, so they're actually going to be the native supplier oh. to Ford vehicles in the US. Which the, and then Ford in the US is not Ford in Australia. Yeah. Some some. Um, I mean, they have one model that sells here, but nothing else does. Yeah. In the US, Ford is a giant. Um, they have the the biggest selling car in the US is a Ford pickup truck. Um, it's the prime example of the sort of vehicle that will attract ARB attention and they have an OEM deal with them. That's the first OEM deal. I think there could be others as well. I, I think you have a good shot of making really high um, uh, EPS growth from this point. The, the problem for me is really the margins here because the if you look at the pre-COVID and post-COVID, you're almost looking at, a, at, at two different set of company accounts. The margins have expanded sort of 30, 40 percent. And you've also had, I believe, a pull forward of sales as well. So you've got higher revenue and higher margin. It's probably over-earning in the short term, and you could see a couple of years of the, of the share price going nowhere. Um, for a business of this quality, I'd be happy to sit there and, and wait that out and, and wear it, um, because this truly is. It's an international brand with few peers. It's magnificently run. It's now um, in the US with a significant market opportunity. And the P isn't crazy. I just think they it, it isn't crazy because the earnings is too high. That's the problem I've got with yeah. you know even with retail, right? Because it's really hard to get the normalized mm. earning because we've pumped everything up. Yeah. So it's too much spending went through. So it's it's hard to do. So look, I think the risk return is okay. If you're there, I'd be holding. I'd be holding. Yeah. I'd be holding. This is I, a company I wouldn't that's very jump hard to in sell. and buy yeah. because the numbers are still not moving. So you you kind of have to wait and see how it plays out. But just yeah. to bring put this into some context, this is a two point something billion odd business and the low two billions for about the same price. You could buy Lavisa, and Lavisa is growing much faster, has higher returns on capital, a better return on incremental capital from where they are because it's growing up. It's growing faster. So. 
I mean, I would, if you look at it like that, the, the buy opportunity is probably with LaVisa rather than with ARB. Um, but these are, that's still a good business and I'd still be holding it. Just throw one out there. Yeah. What do you think about APE and Macmillan Shakespeare? Yeah, I I've was really surprised by that. that. Yeah, I am it was not, not obvious to me. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a smart operator, yeah. right? He, he's, he's like the man. He's min, so sharp. He's a min so resource sharp. type guy, yeah. right? He's out there putting his uh, octopus hands into different pies. Yeah. It's an interesting dynamic. I don't know what it, what's it. I think what's going on here, something so he's, he's got this idea that EVs are going to be sold yeah. through fleets. Yes. He's made a deal with, he's the official distributor for BYD, which is the number one EV producer in China, mm-hmm. possibly going to be the, the largest EV business in the world. When it comes to Australia, it's going to, it's going to be huge because they sell cars half the yeah. price of what Tesla can do it. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they, I think he wants to use Macmillan Shakespeare as a channel See, to, to this sell is, this stuff. There's a yeah. demographic change. I yeah. think that the younger generation are not so into buying things. They're happy to rent. You're probably right. Yeah, yeah. And that dynamic kind of plays into it. So I can see what he's thinking. I mean, he's a smart guy. Yeah. He's thinking ahead and he's doing something for the next 10 years. It's an interesting dynamic. I feel like such a dinosaur. I hate EVs. <laughs> I, have a, I have an old school V8, which I'm never going to sell. Yeah. <laughs> it's loud and it's obnoxious, and I will hold on to that to the day but I die. You're, you're not yeah. the future, unfortunately. No, no I'm not. Before, I said yeah. it last week, actually, yeah. on the COB. Um, yeah. My 81, he corrected me, 81 year old dad just traded in a diesel truck for yeah. an EV. No. And I thought, oh, I, there you go. <laughs> times, they are changing. <laughs> yeah, no, they are changing. And I think it's, yeah. But it's interesting, someone like Nick is looking that far ahead. And most of the people that we talk to in the market yeah. can't even see three months ahead. It's, yeah, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just, just for anybody listening, for clarification, we saw AP Eagers um, oh, yeah, buying a stake <laughs> in Macmillan Shakespeare. So mm. I think it was a 5.7, close to 6% mm. stake. Anyhow, we'll just leave that there. We're going to get really off Behind. track. Um, Aussie Broadband, we all know what it does. Um, had a hiccup. I'm just taking a look now. Um, but, uh, you know, its most recent result was pretty solid. Continues to, uh, you know, to get new customers. So would you be buying Aussie Broadband? This is for Paul. Yeah, so we've actually, um, we've had a buy on this since the IPO. Um, I have owned it personally since, uh, since it listed on the ASX. I'm a huge fan of this business. I love the way they do things. One of my one of the things I really look for is what I call hustle, and hustle is this if ethereal oh, I thing. I look for hustle. I'm always looking for <laughs> hustle. It's great. I remember, you know, a couple of years ago, a couple of decades ago, now there was a Supreme Court judge who was doing a pornography case, and he couldn't define pornography, but he said, "I know it when I see it." And the same with hustle. Hustle is impossible to define. Yeah. You ask me what it is, I can't really tell you what it is, but I know it when I see it. When you do everything better than the competition without any identifiable moat, and Aussie Broadband doesn't have any moat. It's a low moat business. It's at the moment it's a reseller, but it's come from regional Victoria with zero percent market share to be what the third, fourth largest reseller in the land, and now it's moving into enterprise and government on its own infrastructure where it will earn higher margins and better returns. I'd follow these guys all the time. I, it's still a buy for me. Um, and I'm really happy with how the business has progressed. I know the share price has moved up and down a lot. We look at the numbers coming out of this company mm-hmm. and they remain incredibly impressive. Um, I had a bunch, I had a, a roadmap for where I would want ABB to be um, when it listed. And it is far and ahead away, uh, ahead of where I thought it was going to be at this stage of its development. I think there's plenty more to come. Is that common? You've got roadmaps for where you see businesses oh, yes. that you buy into an IPO? Yeah. And often the roadmap, roadmap uh, not, not just IPOs, any business we buy comes with a roadmap of what we're expecting. 
And then when the reality comes in, and it's always different, yeah. we have to account for the change. Why is this different to what we expected? What's changed? Is it good? Is it bad? What do we do now? Um, and at every stage, Aussie broadband um, has impressed, and it's probably done better than what I thought. Great, um, yeah. Nathan. Is that just uh, too high praise, or what do you think? Oh, I love it when Gaurav gets really into it. Really into it. It's like a, it's like it's like he's picked his child, right? He's like looking at it with. I probably adornment. like it too much. Probably yeah, do. I know yeah. you do. Um, so did everyone. This was a market darling. Um, everyone was in it. Small cap. Every small cap fund manager out yeah. there had Aussie broadband, and everyone wrote the same story. Um, it's come off. Um, it's look. I actually like management. I think the strategy is good. But I try not to fall in love. We've seen that with TPG. You don't fall in love with the, the, the management too much. You still need the execution. I think it's, I like this sector. I, I like the telco sector. It kind of plays well defensively in this kind of macro cycle, but there's no one standing out on the numbers. Everyone is trying to grind out their model, but it's not really kicking in. So I'm waiting to see. You know, we're in Telstra, and it's you know I'm. So you would prefer Telstra over? Look, yeah, Telstra is priced, right? I mean, every broker's got four fifty. Are you kidding me? Uh, everyone was downgrading the crap out of it when it was running up to four bucks. Now it goes to here, and the market is what it is. Everyone goes four fifty on Telstra. Telstra is good, but it's not like it's going to shoot the lights out, right? You're there. Um, I'm a hold on Telstra, but. Um, the rest of the sector, I actually like. I am looking at it, mm -hmm. but nobody's moving yet for me on the numbers. So I'm, I'm not jumping into any of them. But this is one that I do like, and it's a form of market darling. So I know that everyone will be, you know, minute it starts to move, there'll be a lot of people getting on it. So <laughs> I am keeping an eye on it, not jumping on it right now. I've said this before, but my hot take is that this is um, a mini Macquarie Telecom in the making. Same trajectory, same wonderful hustle and management, yeah. same yeah. supreme capital allocation, same strategy. They're going from being a reseller to now owning their own infrastructure and selling high margin services. Same, and Macquarie did the same thing. Um, and I think you're going to see similar results. Oh, there is a potential. There's a potential, but you do fall in love. You do fall in love. <laughs> you say like you say that as, as if yeah. that's a bad thing. No, it's not. So that's what I love about turning up ego. Because yeah. I, I try not to, yeah. and you're, I know he will. I try. I try yeah. to be, but he is. He loves it. He just loves it. There's a couple of companies yeah, I have a yeah. 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 All right. All right. Um, EOL is one of them. Okay. BHP. Huh. Oh. What can we say about BHP? Would you be chasing BHP now, Gaurav? I am obsessed with BHP. This is the stock I've, I started as a stock analyst on. And I've been covering this stock for uh, well, almost 15 years now. And um, I, I, I think this is a magnificent bit. I've always, always liked it, even when it was a terrible business. And I've always said that this is a magnificent miner, the world's best miner with lousy capital allocation. And over the last five years or so, they have fixed the capital allocation problem. Mm -hmm. So you're actually now getting a really good quality miner with super disciplined and thoughtful capital allocation. And that's why the returns from BHP have been fantastic over the last five or six years. And by the way, we've held it throughout that whole period um, since, the, since the, uh, the, the, the dam implosion um, was when we San were, Marco. We were it's, buying, yeah. It's awfully, well, it's about $10 away, I think, from all-time record highs. So we've had these discussions internally. I, I, I'm, I'm quite negative on iron ore. And I think we've seen the last 10 years where iron ore prices have stayed above $100. It's been an unusual period. And I do think the next 10 years is going to look very different. We could see iron ore prices falling sort of 40, 50 percent over the next few years. Um, there's a wall of supply coming. There's probably four, five hundred million tons of additional supply coming over the next few years for iron ore. And I'm incredibly 
uneasy about that. We've sold Rio and have a negative view on Rio. I love doTERRA. I think it's a wonderful business, but would not own it. FMG ditto, sell and avoid on FMG. The HP has been the last holdout. We've, we've maintained a hold on it. We hold it in our portfolios. And it's partly because the, the other stuff going on in BHPs is quite exciting. They have the largest inventory of copper in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're developing, they're one of the few copper businesses that has genuine development proposals for new production. And I think that's interesting. This potash thing, not getting much run, but I think you could see really high returns coming from potash over the years. And then, as you know, I, I still think you're going to get great returns out of Metcoal over the next um, five to 10 years as well. So I'm, I'm quite, I like the rest of the BHP portfolio, except I think iron ore is going to really struggle. But Even with India, I mean, the amount yeah. of iron ore that India will be consuming yeah. to develop is massive. I know, but it's a supply-led yeah, problem. Okay. There's going to be so much more supply of iron ore, I think. I don't think price is going to collapse to 20 or 30 bucks, but I think instead of the norm being 100, $120, we're probably going to look at 60, 70 bucks okay. and say that's, that's going to be the new norm. All right, so you're a hold on BHP. I'm hold on BHP. I'd, I'd say just watch your position size on right. BHP. A lot of people hold that in huge position sizes, and I wouldn't. I, it should be a, a smaller size than it has been. Disagree, agree? Oh, it's a sell. It's a sell. Uh, it's a yeah. sell. Okay. Um, okay. Look, it's, a t- it's 10% of the index, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so if the market falls, this thing gets bashed and everyone's gone in to, especially global guys, use this to pump our market. So it looks good. <laughs> it pumps our currency, it pumps our market, because it's 10%. You can buy one stock and you're moving, you know, for every $10, $1 is going in there. Um, it's great. Look, I think that the stock management grows 100% right. It's being managed as well as it's been, right? But it's a cyclical. At the end of the day, it's a cyclical. We have Europe in technical recession. New Zealand just went into technical recession. US is heading towards a recession. Whether technical or not, I don't really care. There's a slowdown. China, everyone creates fake rumors about China going for rampant stimulus every couple of weeks. <laughs> that just tells me how mm. desperate brokers are to mm. get out of their big clients out of their portfolio, right? Everyone jumped into BHP for the China reopening. That has been a complete flop. Yeah, not for flop. China, because yeah. China is doing what they should be doing. Mm. They're managing the economy. They're not trying to pump global markets. Mm. So I don't think China is going to suddenly go out and build a billion houses. That's just not there. Um, they're managing their economy. I don't think it's going to be led by asset bubbles. There might be a time for that, but it's not right now. These are cyclical people. They will go down. The mining stocks, economic cycle, you cannot beat the cycle. We've delayed the cycle for a long time. The risk is there. This can go back to $30, right? Because nobody thinks it will. And, and it's the same thing with CBA. The banks can go down. Uh, property prices can go down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you don't have handouts and you know uh, interest rate cuts, they can go down. So you've got to understand nothing is perfectly stable. They are cyclicals. They just have longer term cycles. This is as good a business as it is. The thing is, you can buy it now and it falls to 30 bucks. You can sit on it because it's not going to go bust. That's the good thing about it. And Gaurav's right. It's a bloody good business to what it was. So you can ride through it. If you're willing to ride through it, don't worry. And mind you, most people who have BHP are not going to care what I say. They never sell it. That's so true. And the tax problem is another thing, right? So you hold it, but accept the fact that this is cyclical. So you have to accept. People start talking about this as being a dividend yield stock. I no. want to slap those people. Yeah. Yeah. This is a cyclical. So accept that. And if you're willing to accept that, then it's fine. It's a hold at best, but I think it's a sell. Okay. Thank you. 
Atura. <laughs> so this is mm. a, uh, it's an IT services company, right? Mm. But I feel like there's a lot of them. So does this bring us back to our tech discussion? Is this a quality tech name? I think it does advisory, consulting, data services, cloud services. I've never heard of this business before. And I was really surprised when I looked at the, at the numbers. It looks like a really impressive business and it's much larger than I thought it would be as well. Um, I don't know if this came from a, a name change or a spin-off, did it? No, it's, um, a re uh, it's only been in the market for just over a year and a half. Yeah, yeah. I, I should go and read the prospectus on this at some stage because I, I thought it was okay. It looked kind of interesting. Um, I just don't really, with these services businesses, that you're right, there's a lot of them. I think the value they add can be a bit nebulous. I'm not really sure how to treat that. I don't usually buy these sort of people businesses. I think they can be really difficult to manage. They often grow by acquisition and you have a lot of problems integration with integration. But on the on the actual quality of the numbers, it's quite impressive. There's lots of cash flow coming out here. Um, it's, it's a relatively low margin business, but it is a people business and you sort of expect that for, for this kind of thing. Um, revenue growth has been okay. The numbers all look fine. Um, I think what we really have to do is come to some sort of understanding about what kind of value it adds for its clients. It's, it's in um, a lot of government work. And the market does like that. It, it Usually mm -hmm. uh, businesses with lots of government contracts tend to attract higher multiples because everyone knows the government can't price contracts <laughs> yeah. um, and they're not very competitive um, in terms of tendering. So, you know, there's got that going for it. It's just a hold for me, Nadine. I don't have any great insight into this business. If you were to buy it, you'd probably need to know why you're holding it. And I can't come up with anything other than it looks okay. Yeah. There's no, I didn't see any bombs in here. It looks fine. It's probably a candidate for further research. Um, but it's an interesting enough business to pop on your watch list. Right, great. Well, this is for Andrew. He didn't mm. give us any context whether he owns it already or looking at it. So let's come at it. You're looking for some tech exposure on the ASX. Yeah. Is this where you would naturally go? There's a couple of brokers covering it. So okay. it's not uh, a hidden gem. Um, they made recent acquisition. Uh, that's probably weighing on the share price. Mm -hmm. um, and it always worries me when you're going in this kind of environment where interest rates are going up, you would growth by acquisition. Um, but the multiples are not cheap. But they've been very specific. They've, they've put out a presentation saying this is exactly what we want to buy and yeah. they've highlighted exactly what they want. And, I quite like the, and the precision fact that of that you, one. You looked at technology one, yeah. like you were saying before, yeah. why are they such a market darling? Because mm. it's government, mm. right? Over the next 10 years, the most of the money that's going to come in are going to be who can sit close to the government spending and suck it off, mm. right? So everyone is trying to find those kind of business models because that's where the revenue is growing. So it is actually interesting in that way. The multiple is, you know, expensive, but not really expensive when you put it into context. So it's not bad. I think it's a hold. Our brokers are not getting overly excited. Uh, mind you, they get excited before a cap raising because they've yes, just made an acquisition. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so that, I think yeah. that's done for a short term. Um, so I, look, I, I think it's, a, it's okay. If you're there, I'll be holding. If you're not there in this market, I would wait because it's had a pretty decent run. Um, it's a, you know, in a market where things have been pretty choppy for small caps, it's done quite well. So mm. um, brokers are holding it about a dollar. So I think um, if, if you're holding it, it's a hold. It's not the moat business that we look for in tech. So that's why it keeps me away at this point. But look solid. It's not really a tech business. It's a service business. It's a service business. business. Yeah. Actually, yeah. in saying that, 
the service businesses mm. are, have been quite good performers mm. in different different areas. Mm. Industrial services, mining services, tech services, all right. of them have yeah, actually right. recently, most of them have delivered upgrades. Yeah. So we've been in a number of them and they are all popping. Yeah. So we've been quite happy. So that service business is actually doing okay. So maybe it, this kind of plays into that thematic and that plays well. So. I wouldn't let go, but it's tough to get in when things have had a run. Yeah, yeah. All right. Thanks, guys. Let me just run through what we've learned thus far. And remember, this is information only. This is not financial advice to your own personal circumstances. And everybody's got their own style of investing as well. Um, as far as a tech stock in the tech sector, because it's so hot, look, both these guys are going against the grain in terms of the big five or big four, whatever it is now here in Australia. Um, Look, they like some of the, the commonly named companies like Altium, like Audinate, Gorev, likes WiseTech, but if they were going to be buying today, it would be along the lines of RPM Global for Gorev, also RPM Global for Nathan. Also, he likes Objective Corp, which again, Gorev likes as a business, but uh, his buy pick is RPM Global. I'm going to say RPM Global and OCL for Nathan, but um, RPM Global is already in the portfolio, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, so we'll through. just leave that there. Yeah, bully your way through. Yeah. <laughs> Energy One, mm. it is a buy for Gorav. He really likes this business. He has written it down. He's looking at the fundamentals and the opportunity that still is presenting itself on a longer term view. Um, look, Nathan feels a bit different. He says there's no reason to rush into this, no reason to rush into this one. He does like the company though. He's just waiting for that. That first piece of good news, I suppose, to come through. ARB, it's a hold for both of my guests. Good business, quality run. Um, and yeah, Nathan says evaluation isn't actually that bad. Okay, Aussie Broadband, it is a buy for Gorav, but Nathan, he's still holding back. He likes it, just not yet. He wants to see, um, yeah, see, see what's happening next. BHP, Gorav's obsessed with this one, but it is still just a hold for him because of a wall of supply of iron ore coming through. It's a sell for Nathan. I mean, he knows a lot of people won't sell it, but if you've made money, uh, he reckons it can go back to 30. Not that it will, just that it's a cyclical stock and it's always a possibility. So if you want to hold it, you've got to be ready for that cyclical nature of the share price as well. Atura, uh, Gorov would like to do more work on it. He says it's okay, but he could only call it a hold at this time. It's a hold for Nathan. He's got no moat, even though it's an interesting business and it's not really tech, it's more in the services space. So I do stand corrected, happy to be. All right, let's take a look at this investment committee portfolio. Ausbiz.com.au is where the latest episode is. And as far as June goes, South 32 was replaced by Altium. There you go. Woodside Energy was taken out and it's 3% weighting was split between CSL. That's not Ooh. going so well so far. Uh, Linus, uh, which is down today actually on a bit of a delay at Kalgoorlie and West Farmers. Elders was taken out. Oh, you must have lost that one, Nathan. Lose yeah. <laughs> some, we win some. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, we might all ask. We'll see what happens. And the waiting was split mm. between the newly added Evita Medical, which was out with uh, further FDA approval today, and RPM Global. There you go. I love how this conversation is turning in and of itself. Um, portfolio performance, 7.6% on a cumulative return basis since its inception. And uh, yeah, check out that latest episode online if you've missed anything. All right, let's go to the next companies on our list, Breville. That'll be an interesting discussion. Big tin can, tech again. Boss Energy, Uranium, it's been pretty hot lately. ASX and EBR Systems. 
ASX, very topical as well. So um, look, this is for Ingram, uh, is Breville Group. So um, Nathan, I'll start with you. So consumer related, but global business did really well through the pandemic, mm. but it was reinvesting in itself rather than paying out big dividends. So there's a lot going on here. Yeah, yeah it's, look, it's a, I think it's a good business mm. um, in an ugly market. Um, so it's one where you, you sit there and go, at some point when the wind changes, there'll be a decent run on this stock. Um, is the question is, where are we now? And uh, look, consumer numbers for me are ugly, but the scary part is, as ugly as it is, the interest rates have gone from nothing to 5%, and yet the consumers are spending. I mean, retail sales around the world are amazingly resilient. Savings ratios have been smashed, right? We've spent everything, and we're just going on debt. So everyone's running debt and spending, and that's held up really well. So a lot of this retail data has actually been pretty strong. So, you know, it's a tough one to pick, but I think you get to a point where it's, there is going to be a, a dramatic slowdown. So you have to be careful. So I'm not jumping into retail, although, you know, my head is saying that some retail stocks look really interesting. I want to jump. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm hitting myself on the back of the head saying, stop it. Uh, so I am trying staying away from it. But this is one, you know, another one I'm looking at is Kathmandu, KMD. Mm. I think it's a great model. It's doing well. Numbers are actually improving. So again, this is a really good model. Have it on your shopping list. I want to see the July, August result. I think it's just going to be ugly. And I think there will be some people going, I've had enough and throw it out. And if that happens, that might be the time. So I'm looking at that time for retail stocks. So keep that in mind. Uh, but yeah. You know, I think there's been a downgrade coming from Breville so far, where we have seen it in some of the other retailers. Yeah, and, and the thing is, this is the sad part. People sell it for the downgrade, and when the downgrade comes, they sell it again. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's one of those things where I go, what? But it, it does happen. So I'm not, I'm just keeping out of that sector for now. Breville, mm. I mean, coffee, pizza, I know, all I the rest. I mean, there's only so far we can move away from that stuff. It's been a really tricky one. It it's divides the team, I have to say, Breville. It, it's quite divisive. Um, it's a it's been a former buyer recommendation for us. It's done okay, um, but I think this upcoming result is going to be really important, and um, I think it could be a test of the investment case. Breville has been building up its inventories over the last two years or so, and it's done that. Well, it says it's done that because of all the supply difficulties, it's held more um, right. more inventory on bonds books. And unlike other retailers, it claims that it doesn't need to discount because its products are still relevant and it can move that inventory at full price. And this result is gonna be the test of that. Yeah. I don't know, I mean, just as one shopper, I'd be very challenged to buy anything even from Breville that yeah. wasn't on yeah. sale right now. Yeah, and you see a lot of sales around, don't you? I think yeah. that's right, I think they're gonna, I think they'll they'll struggle to sell everything at full price or close to it, but this is going to be the test. So I would not be buying now. This is um, a hold. If you've already made money on this and you are sitting on a large position size, I'd be reducing this right back. I think this is now becoming a higher risk investment. It's a wonderful business, I might say. It's got a great track record, but um, it is the cyclicality in this business has been hidden um, by an infinitely long cycle in Australia and lots of structural growth overseas. Um, it's still got that opportunity ahead of it, but it hasn't faced these cyclical headwinds for decades. Um, so I'd be very cautious about this. Um, so reduce your position size, hold it if you've done okay. Otherwise, there's no reason to be here just now. This result is going to be important. So got watch it. it. I'm impressed. Mm. 
That's very mature of you. I thought you, oh, you fall just, in love with this one too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> waiting for Graham to come, but this is Breville. It's great. <laughs> All no. right, props mm. being given around here. Okay, let's get to the next one. Big mm. Tin Can. So this is a company that is in the tech space, sales, boosting sort of software slash content. Um, it's been obviously uh, swept up in the big sell down that we've seen in tech. Um, and it's also got a little bit of sort of corporate governance questions because it's yeah. had takeover approaches that it hasn't disclosed to market. I'm just all going by memory. But there's, there's again, a lot going on with this. I am surprised there is not more comment about that. I think that's a huge red flag yeah. for me. It has not informed the market about its takeover approaches. It then said it then no them. at 80 cents yeah. and raised capital at yeah. 50 something cents. It's just appalling behavior. I would not be holding this, no. And I, even apart from that behavior, this has just red flags all over. It, it's a funny stock. Oh, a friend of mine actually owns this. He's a really smart guy. And I can't for the life of me figure out why he owns it because I would not touch this. This looks, um, this looks like a grenade about to explode to me. Um, so they do, um, people think it's a, a platform business. This is not a platform no. business. This is a little add-on that you do to your Salesforce. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm generally very wary of these kind of um, feature businesses, uh, businesses that um, another company can incorporate as a feature into their own software and make you irrelevant. And I think that's the kind of existential risk that haunts um, Big Tin Can from the very beginning. All Salesforce has to do is incorporate this kind of thing into its own tech stack, and it can do that very easily. And all of a sudden, this becomes irrelevant. I also think there's a lot of cyclicality here. And above that, there's just a lot of room for fiddling because they have um, grown by acquisition and they've acquired badly. They've raised capital um, plenty. So the capital allocation looks terrible to me and you can't even see um, better results coming um, uh, because the return on capital is so, it's probably negative actually at this point. So on every count I can, I can consider, this is a, a, a strong avoid. And if you've got it, sell it. How's that love looking for you now? <laughs> oh, this, this, this used to be a market darling and yeah. all these bingo words used to be used like internet of everything. And yeah, all that's those right. Things. That's right. And yeah. you know me, when I hear bingo words, I always run the other way. Mm. Um, and yes, it, when it went wrong, it went wrong. Um, and ma management questions, once the market smells that, that's danger signs. Um, and that's, that's not going to go away. I think it's tough. And you, you're right. When you got someone big, can just build this. I mean, I'll give you a classic example. You look at someone like Tableau, right? Mm. It's a massive business that Salesforce bought. Mm. Microsoft then went and built Power BI mm. and they give it to you for free, mm -hmm. right? They built a business that just goes in part of their package. So it's amazing how the big boys can play. So um, yeah, there is no mode and I think it's a tough play. Management issue just tips you over the edge. Don't go there. Um, I could be wrong, but I would not be going near this. And um, if I'm looking to pick a turnaround story in the tech stock, I would need to be, you know, like a guru on tech management. I need to love that management mm. because you're going to be backing that you're management, backing that management. For them yeah, to turn yeah. it around. Yeah. And this is not the cost I control do. here is. Well. I think I think if you're going to make a bull case for this, it has to be that the crazy corporate costs in this company get cut out altogether, and that's probably the, why someone else is trying to buy it. There's a lot of revenue here. But the revenue, in my view, is built larger on acquisitions, and it's followed by an enormous amount of spending. Like the higher revenue does not translate to higher margins or higher profits, because it all gets consumed in higher costs. 
And if you can somehow rein in those costs, you could have a profitable business. But as it stands, they're losing more money the, the quicker they grow. And you just can't have that. I'm surprised the share price has not But I, I can, I can, I can mm. see what a takeover could do because mm. it changes the management and improves the management track record yep. and gets, gets you a, at least a fresh start. Yep. So that's probably what the upside is. But yeah, no. Okay. So we're avoiding that one or selling it if you've got it. Let's yep. get on to Boss Energy. This one is in the Asbiz portfolio. Yes. Um, Uranium. Yeah, I, I stuck that in, another one. Uh, it's done well. He, it's he, done likes, really. he likes taking the credit. Oh, he does. bloody earth, because <laughs> I have to fight for everything. Um, <laughs> I actually enjoy that part. Um, and so, it, it, look, I think the, the uranium thematic is pretty strong. Uranium is, out of all the major commodities, uranium and lithium are the only ones outperforming gold. So that's your defense play. So the only thing that are in, in the last three, three to six months. So, look, Boss Energy has been one of the fan favorites with high net worth clients. And it's moving, and um, I think it's the thematic still plays. Now, of course, this look. I'm not saying chase it now. It's a, you know, a billion market cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's not it's not a tiny thing mm-hmm. you're going for explorer. But it's well capitalized. I think it's in the right place. Management is pretty good, um, but look, it's a thematic. So know that you're buying a thematic, which means it comes with a lot of volatility, a lot of risk. So you should not be taking a big position. I like the uranium um, play. I think there is a uh, cycle there in multiple energy, unique energy plays, and we long that, and you know we'll long. Karoon so sorry, was it a buy right now though? Um, I, I'd say probably a hold. A hold, now. yeah, because that it's, it's was quite good, the chart. Yeah, we've done a good run. So. Um, Gaurav, I'm not as optimistic on Boss. I have called it a buy in the past at lower prices. These prices make little sense to me. It's had a good run. Yeah, um, Boss is interesting. It, it, it operates the old honeymoon mine, in South Australia. South Australia, by the way, is the the only mm-hmm. place in Australia that allows right. uranium yeah. mining. Um, and what's good about about honeymoon is that it uses a very specific production technique called in situ mining, which you don't have to explode anything. Um, mm-hmm. There's no detonation. You drill. It's it's a series of bore wells, and it um, and a and a pumps up sort of sludge that you then get your uranium out of from mm-hmm. a whole series of separating tasks. But it's very um, neat on the environment. It doesn't create big holes. Um, it's not as expensive. It's quite a, a low cost extraction technique, um, but it does dump a lot of acid and chemicals into the ground. So they have to manage that pretty carefully. This is a small project, a small, pro- um, a, a small mine, and it was shut down about 10 years ago because of low uranium prices. You really have to be a bull mm-hmm. to own this. I think even their own study showed that the MPV is about half the current market cap. Um, so the market is pricing in really strong prices uranium prices and um, higher production from the mine, which yeah. I think is optimistic. I'd, okay. I'd sell up here. I wouldn't be holding this. Sell. Take some profits yes. if you've made them. All right, let's get yeah. on to number nine. Just looking at time. This is for, well, it's the ASX and it is for Tara. Hi, Tara. I hope you're watching or listening. Okay, so we had the strategy day. I think it was week before last. Share yeah. price got hammered. It's got to replace chess still. It's going to be very expensive, even if you know it keeps the can keeps getting kicked down. So, um, volumes are down as well. You know, as yeah. far as the actual business. So, is there any reason to own ASX? 
I can't see any reason to own it, but that might be the reason to own it. Yeah, um, still a monopoly. This is still a monopoly. Yeah. And even well, if, not quite. We've got SIBO. That's why it can be taken over. Well, I think that's right. I, I think I think the bull case here is actually that this thing does so badly um, that eventually someone comes along and yeah. proposes a merger or a takeover. And I actually think that outcome makes sense for customers. It ought to make sense for everyone. It's, it should be the natural evolution of things. And it hasn't been done before because ASX has been too successful and too profitable and, and luckily they don't have that problem anymore. Um, so if you're there, I'd probably hold it. This is not a business I like. I'm not, this complexity really should not be here. I think all these problems with the chess system ideally would have been sorted out a long time ago, but it's such a strong market position that I think you're, you're protected by someone else coming and doing what management should have done in the first place. I think it's, that it's was down 20% over the past year. I mean, yep. some could make a case for a buying opportunity. Oh, hell yeah. yeah. Um, Do you want to buy it? Yeah. I don't want to buy it. Um, so we- <laughs> It might be the right call though. Yeah, I, I see what I you're mean, saying. We, we yeah. trade it because yeah. if below 70, we're mm. interested. Above 90, we dump. Mm. And we did that. And then we're back. Uh, we got in around the mid-60s. Mm. And new CEO, the usual thing, right? Mm. Um, shake the tree. Mm. Things fall off. Downgrade. Mm. That's done. Um, I think it's okay. Look, it's not a great business. It's so ugly. It's like it's Chernobyl. It's been blown up, right? Uh, you're buying a, a dominant infrastructure utility. Um, and the potential, there's a free kick that if, if there's an M&A, even if it's not, the volumes are always low going into it. What I love about it, it it's counter-cyclical to the market. So if the market goes crap and everything falls apart, everyone sells, volumes go through the roof, mm. and then all the crappy companies have to raise money, IPOs go through, ASX mints it, mm. and, then, and it'll go into an upgrade cycle. So I'm looking for things to diversify, to manage my risk. ASX fits the bill. Okay. And it's so ugly, it's worth looking at it. Interesting. Uh, let's get to the last on the list, shall we, guys? And mm. that is EBR Systems. Look, it has been a very troubled company, um, but it's got a couple of wins lately. So it has... Um, actually, I think I'm thinking of the wrong company. I was. So this is actually in... Heart failure. So this is something that can get your heart back in order. Needed by lots of people, especially in an aging population. So is it the tech that sets it apart? Maith could use it. You know, he he doesn't. (laughs) Doesn't have a heart. Doesn't have a heart. So this might this might solve that problem. I've never heard of this before, okay. but um, apparently they make they have an it, alternative technology yes. for, for pacemakers. I remember this one. It's the size of a grain of rice. Jesus, that's right. Yeah. That's CEO. astonishing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, wow, I didn't realize that. Okay. Um, they go through a lot of detail in their presentation about what makes their technology different to the standard, and it looks like they've got, they've just built a better mousetrap here. Um, the challenge for them really, I mean, they've solved, they've got a technological marvel here that they want to sell. The challenge with this kind of business is always in distribution. Getting into hospitals is really, really hard because these are inherently conservative, conservative organizations. They only change um, slowly and after a overburden of proof. Um, so they have to make that case. I still think, is there a, I think, I think their studies are still ongoing. I haven't quite. Uh, they met full, uh, full trials. The, the last one was pretty solid. So it, that's that's what it's popped. Okay, okay. So the next task for them is to, I think they have started building out their sales force. Um, I think it's too early for this. I, I would just want to watch and see if they can get, get revenue going. 
Um, if you look back on Prometicus or any device maker, device maker, by the way, is the most attractive of the med tech mm -hmm. businesses or of the, of the medical science businesses because the economics on devices are so attractive. But um, you want to see that they can generate revenue. And once um, once one hospital and a couple of hospitals picks, picks it up, more will likely follow. So I think that's the kind of lead I'd be looking mm -hmm. for. Just stay away for now and keep on the watch sales. list. Yeah. You need sales because yeah. there's been a lot of great technology that's just gone nowhere. Yeah. because they haven't been able to get into the hospital. Yeah. Especially in, you know, when you want to get into U.S. hospitals as well. All right, mm. Nathan, would you take oh. a chance on EBR Systems? You'd love it, you, don't you? You, you can't resist. Yeah, I, I can't say no to biotech. <laughs> medtech, let's uh, say medtech. Yeah, so medtech. Oh, look, you have to be careful in the current market, so I'll put the other side of it. Look, the broker just down upgraded it by almost 90%. Whoa. So yeah. that just tells you how much of a move the, the fundamentals have made. Um, it is high risk. Um, look, the stocks had a cool, pretty good run. It's basically after about a year and a bit, um, went all the way down and come back to pretty much close to the IPO price. So you're about 250, 260 mil market cap. Interesting size because then you're suddenly in the index play. Mm. So if you're there, look, I, I'm never going to tell you to dump a biotech stock, uh, but I think you should be <laughs> you should be reducing your size, lock in some profit. If you've been there, you've done well. Um, there is an index play. Um, and they, it, look, it looks like they're getting the next tranche in, in their facility, so that should be keeping them financially okay. Mm -hmm. So I think hold a bit. I wouldn't get out of all of it, but you've done well. Look, don't get too greedy in this kind of market. Yeah, got it. All right, guys, thank you so much. Let's just run through what we've learned in this half of the program. Breville, it is a hold for both of my guests, but you watch that result. It, uh, it's going to be a big one and could be potentially ugly. Big Tin Can, it's a sell, it's an avoid, it's a grenade about to explode, according to Gaurav. And Nathan says, you just can't back management. So it is a sell. Boss Energy, it's a hold for Nathan. He loves it, but it's a sell. It's a take profits if you've made them in Boss Energy from Gaurav. He doesn't think that the price makes very much sense right now. ASX, it's a hold for Gaurav. M&A possibility, I mean, that's what you would be hoping for. And that's actually what he says makes sense. It's a buy for Nathan, but it's a trading stock for him. So anything above 90, he sells around 60, 65, you buy, right? Yep. It's kind of where it is right now, which is why you've got to buy on it. It's amazing how these things go. EBR Systems, Nathan, uh, look, if you've made money, take some profits, but hold a little bit because it does have potential and he likes that sector. Uh, Gaurav says, just wait till it's selling stuff, really. Um, you know, technology can be great, but it still needs to be um, accepted and used. All right, guys, thank you. As always, really, really good. Go have lunch after makeup. I do think that Nathan has a heart. He's just... <laughs> It's just cold. In no, there. My, my, my kids don't believe I have one either. So, so. No one believes that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Thanks again. Grab Sodi from Intelligent Investor mm. and Nathan Summers and Darm from Deep Data Analytics. That's the program for today. Email us or go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks to get a company on the program. Stay with us. We'll take you through the pulse next.